and the Holy Spirit because he's so remarkable, so exceptional, so amazing that that's going to be what's going to be produced in your life when you allow him to fill you. Thank you, Cindy. Come on, baby. Help me here. Help me this morning, honey. <laughs> I might need to get you to come with me to Poland. Okay. He said to them, did you receive the Holy Spirit when you believed? And they said to him, we haven't even heard there was, there was a Holy Spirit. And so he began to instruct them. And, and he says, and, well, let me ask you, in what baptism were you baptized? And they said, well, we were baptized into John's baptism, which is a, we know is a baptism of repentance. Then Paul said, John indeed baptized with a baptism of repentance, saying to the people that they should believe on him, on Jesus, who would come after him, that is, on Christ Jesus. And when they heard, they were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus, not just a baptism of repentance, but now baptized in the Lord Jesus as believers. And then it says in verse 6, when Paul had laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them, and they spoke with tongues and prophesied. Immediately, there were supernatural manifestation out of their life. We should have, on a continual basis, supernatural manifestations coming out of our lives, people, as we walk and as we, as we, as we follow God and as we are used by Him. Because we know that these manifestations are not just for us to go wow with, so be it wow, wow, God did that in my life, but it's for the advantage of someone else. It's to help someone else. That word of prophecy, to encourage someone. That word of knowledge to be able to, to explain something that no one else knows but God knows and be able to share that. The, the, the gift of miracles, the gift of healings, you know, all of these gifts here. And it said that immediately as he laid hands on them, the Holy Spirit came upon them. They were baptized in the Holy Spirit just as they were in the book of Acts in chapter 2. And they said, now, there were about 12 in all of these men. You know, God can do much with little. God can do much with little. Dem Jesus demonstrated that over and over again throughout the whole New Testament, that God can do much with little. It, all, it just needs to be put into master's hands is all that's necessary. Whatever your little is this morning, we all have little at times. Just put it in the hand of, hands of Jesus and watch it multiply. Watch it happen. He said, now they were about 12 men and all. And he went into the synagogue and he spoke boldly for three months. He taught them for three months, reasoning and persuading concerning the things of the kingdom of God. So I just love the passion within Paul. I just love it. You know, not just being there and talking, but persuading them concerning the things of the kingdom of God because of its importance and because of what God wanted to do. And when some were hardened, there's going to always be some, you know, there are always going to be some. There were some that were hardened, didn't believe, and spoke evil of the way before the multitude. And he departed from them and withdrew his disciples, reasoning daily in the school of Tyrannius. And this continued for two years, it said, this teaching of Paul, this environment that was was happening there of of signs and wonders and of teaching and of uh, of, of a of a 
of a new culture that was being planted there in Ephesus. And it says, and this continued for two years. And now listen to this. This is extraordinary. In verse 16, and this continued for two years so that all who dwelt in Asia, say all. He didn't say some. He didn't say most. He said all. Now, Asia is a pretty big place, okay? And he said, this continued for two years so that all who dwelt in Asia heard the word of the Lord Jesus. Hmm. Both the Jews and the Greeks, he said. Everybody heard the words of Jesus. How did they do that? They sent people out. People went out everywhere. People took the responsibility, I've got something great on the inside of me, and I've got to go share it. I've got to go take it somewhere else. I've got to take it somewhere else. There's a great story. I don't know if you've ever heard this. I want to read this to you. This has happened over 250 years ago. I'm just going to read this. It just talks about the importance of that we are, we are filled and we are, we are possessed with something. That's vital, important, amazing, extraordinary. And it shouldn't end with us. It should never stop with us. It's never meant to end with you. It is meant to be shared to generation for generation for generation. But listen to this. Some 250 years ago, two young Moravian men heard of an island in the West Indies. Now, this is a true story, which was virtually owned by one plantation master. He was a violent man who treated his slaves with complete contempt. He would not allow them to know anything of Christianity. No minister was ever permitted to come, a former church among them. So these two young Moravian men gripped with the burden for a group of people who might never hear concerning the love of Jesus sold themselves into slavery. Wow. They, they sold themselves into slavery to that plantation master. The money they received for their own lives, they used to pay for their passage to get to the island. They gave up their lives to go and live among a community of slaves and to bring them the gospel. That's, that's, that's extraordinary. That's, there's people knowing what's on the inside, how important what they have. Do you know that? I ask you, do you know how important what you have on the inside of you is for someone else? For someone else. How extraordinary it is. We sat here this morning, had a wonderful service. Just our hearts are filled with love and peace. And God's kindness and goodness. And most of us are going to leave this place. We're going to go and get some some lunch or whatever. But I want to tell you that all that you feel on the inside is for someone else, too. It is. Goes on, the story goes on. Their families came to the docks to bring farewell to them, knowing that it was highly doubtful they would ever see them again. As a ship pulled out of the harbor with mothers crying on the shore, the last words ever heard from them was when was one of the young men cried out from the ship's deck. And this is what he cried out. May the lamb that was slain receive the reward of his suffering. They knew that their life would be a life of suffering. 
but they were going to bring the gospel to that island. That became the catch cry of the small Moravian community who sent out 2,158 recorded missionaries all over the world. All over the world. They were extraordinary. They were passionate, ready to give their lives. Jesus had died for, for people who would never hear the gospel unless someone would go to tell them. That's exactly what happened in Ephesus here. Out of this small church, out of this place where a church was planted by Paul, came one of the most extraordinary churches in the New Testament. And out of this place, it said that all of Asia heard the word of the Lord. All of Asia. He goes on, I love this, in verse 17. I know, Manny, I didn't go that far with you. Well, let me, in verse 11 here, it says, Now God worked extraordinary, or in some versions it says, unusual miracles by the hands of Paul, so that even handkerchiefs or aprons were brought from his body to the sick, and diseases left them, and evil spirits went out from them. This is how amazing it was. God can use anything. God can use anything, I'm telling you. It says, now this became known both to the Jews and the Greeks dwelling in Ephesus, and fear fell upon them all. And the name of the Lord Jesus was magnified. I want to tell you, when we allow God to have his way, I want to tell you, the Lord is going to be magnified. The Lord is going to be magnified. And it says, and many of those who had practiced magic brought their books together and burned them in the sight of all. And they counted up all the value of them, and it totaled 50,000 pieces of silver. You want to talk about a change of culture, and that's what the gospel does. The gospel, through you and me, can change a culture. I know we look into our nation today, and there's a lot of things that concerns us, a lot of things that just breaks our heart, a lot of things in our culture that have so changed over the years but I want to tell you, it's possible. It's possible through you and I with the extraordinary measure of God's Spirit within us to go and change a culture. That's true revival. True revival is not just getting together and being slain into spirit and getting happy. I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's something. That's, but I want to tell you, true revival is when a culture changes. When the laws of the land changes. It said the Welsh revival so changed the 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 culture that they, they had to basically shut jails down because there was no crimes being committed. It changed the culture of that nation. The Welsh revival was amazing. And why not here? Why not now? Why not through us? I want to tell you, it's going to take an extraordinary effort, people. It's going to take a story. As Paul ministered in extraordinary ways, it says here, extraordinary miracles. It's going to do that. And it leaves us one, one reminder with us in verse 20. So the word of the Lord grew mightily and prevailed. Say, say prevailed. It means that the truth of that word came, came forth. It came forth. We've got about 10 minutes here, and I want to share this with you. What causes an extraordinary life? What causes an extraordinary life? One, an extraordinary commitment to Christ. 
There must be a radical separation for each one of us from that which keeps us in a life of the mundane and the ordinary. When we radically give our lives to Christ, there must be a separation from that thing that holds us back, from that thing that just causes us to live a mundane life. I wrote down here, true failure is continuing to do the things you have always done, but expecting different results. What will it cost you? It will cost you everything. I'm just telling you. Now, I don't know what everything is for you. In Luke chapter 5, everything for Paul and John and James was their fishing business. So said after Jesus preached and uh, in their boats and Jesus said, uh, well, how was the fishing last night? And they said, it wasn't very good. And we didn't catch anything. You know, we don't know how we're going to pay our bills. And what did Jesus say? Go out to the deep, put out, put out the net. And it said they had a catch like it was, it was amazing. They funded their, their, their mission trip is what they did. They funded their mission trip with Jesus. And it said when we got back to the, the shoreline, Jesus said, well, you're amazed at the catch of fish that you have. But what's going to be more amazing is when you catch men. He said, follow me, and I will teach you and train you how to catch men. And it said that in that moment, they left everything and followed Jesus. We all will have a moment. We all will have a moment when we have something to weigh in our lives. And are we going to separate ourselves from the thing that's holding us back, that's causing us just to be ordinary, or are we going to are we going to have an extraordinary commitment to Christ? These, as you read this passage here, I see an extraordinary thirst and reliance upon the Holy Spirit. Most of you know here, we just don't occasionally talk about the Holy Spirit. We believe that He, he is very important, and we want Him at every service. And we're not going to, we're not going to, keep the Holy Spirit in the back room somewhere, you know, and say, listen, we have some special meetings for, you know, the special people. And, uh, and but no, I mean, he, we're, we're going to let them loose. Let them loose. That's what's changed my life. I don't know about you, but people need the power of the Holy Spirit. John 15, it says, Understand what my will is. My will is that you may be filled and be being filled with the Holy Spirit. That's God's will. Romans 8 talks about you have a choice either to live by the flesh or to live by the Spirit. I want to live by the Spirit. We've got to have an extraordinary thirst and reliance upon the Holy Spirit people. If you've never been baptized with the Holy Spirit, we'd love to pray with you after service. It's extraordinary. As we've been talking about the transformation of our mind, we must have an extraordinary mindset. Our mind is based upon a system of truths. I want to tell you, the real truth is what God has called us into and what God has called us to live is anything but ordinary. Anything but ordinary. Wherever your job is, God says, create a culture there. Wherever your community, God says, create a culture there of my presence. Whatever you do, you take that with you. We are to live as new creations. We are to live as new creations. 
And Ephesians 4 tells us in verse 22 exactly how to live as new creations, to be filled with the Holy Spirit and to be continually filled with the Holy Spirit. God really expects, and when, he, when Jesus spoke in John 10, 10, that I've come to give you life and life more abundantly, he believed that the reality of that, he believed that we are to walk in that every day, every day. I tell you, it's going to take an, a, a renewed, transformed mindset to know that's my life. That's my lifestyle, to live and to walk in that. Two more things very quickly here. We need to have an extraordinary hunger for his word and for prayer. I know our Tim shared in the announcements about our in one accord meetings. I can't, I can't express to you how important it is for you to come out and pray. God wants to do something extraordinary in our midst. We have seen extraordinary things that God has done. I want to tell you it needs to be more and more and more and more. I am grateful for the 17 years that I've been here as senior pastor, but I am not satisfied. And there's more people. There is just more. And I am so grateful for everyone. As I look out this morning, so grateful for you and then look into your faces. And I know many of your hearts so very well. And I am so grateful for you. And I know that you don't want to live an ordinary life. I know that you want to live a life that is extraordinary. But here we see as Paul, for two years, he taught, he taught, and they prayed, and they prayed, and they prayed. And it says that that word, as a result of that, it says, the word of the Lord grew mightily with them and prevailed wherever they went. One last thing I want to share with you here, and then we'll pray. I believe when we believe this, we really believe this, and we go for it, guys. I want to tell you, I believe it's going to produce an extraordinary environment and culture around us and in this place, in this city of Richmond. Because I just want to tell you that, that what God wants to do is, yes, it's here on 822 West Franklin Street, but it's beyond 822 West Franklin Street. And we're going to have in the future where we, we, we see other sites being, being raised up that is harvest sites and other places. Extraordinary lives together. Listen to this. Extraordinary lives together produce an extraordinary environment and culture. You look here. It started with 12 disciples in the city of Ephesus and Paul devoting himself, giving himself for over two years to this place. And this was the result. All of Asia heard the word of the Lord. Miracles was the normal thing. It wasn't just like, wow, that first time that's ever happened in 100 years. It became a normal thing. Every time they gathered together, miracles were a normal thing. We should expect miracles to be a normal thing. I want to tell you, we have a healing room here on Monday nights that miracles is a normal thing that happens in our healing rooms. I was talking with Paul the other day. Paul and Jamie are... Or, 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 and many, several others are involved in our healing rooms. But Paul would say, it is amazing. He is amazed that how, when I say Paul, Mike, I mean Mike, 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 Mike Coleman, I was thinking somebody else. But Mike, <laughs> Mike, your name is now Paul, okay? 
You'll take it. There you go. But Mike was telling me the other day, he said, Doug, what is amazed, amazing, extraordinary, that when every person that comes in with pain, they leave with no pain. I'm going to tell you, it's a normal thing. It should be a normal thing. should be a normal thing. God's name was magnified. Don't you love the time when people will say, I don't know a lot about it, but man, Jesus is here. Jesus is here. Oh, wow, Jesus is here. And it talks about the word of God grew mightily and prevailed. People, Jesus gave his life more for just living ordinary lives. Jesus gave his life. Gave the promise of the Father, which was the Holy Spirit. And he says, it's to your advantage that I leave so that I can, so the Holy Spirit can be sent so that the world could be changed. The world could be changed. You know, I, I want that so bad. Man, I tell you, I just, I want it for us. I want it for our church that people say, listen, I don't know all about a harvest, but it's real. It's real. God is real in this place. I hope that's what you want too. If not, then you may need to find another church. I mean, I'm just, I mean, I, I, don't, I don't want people to just warm the seats. And I hope that's not in your heart either. But your heart is that, man, I want to get involved. I want to get so filled with God. I want to be a, such a vessel of his, be poured out again and again and again to people who are hurting, people who are needy, people need that, that, uh, that are, are, are lost and they, are, and, and they just they don't believe that this life is possible. It's possible. It's possible. Can we all stand up? Just lift your hands if this is what, what I've been sharing this morning is what you want. Put your hands up. Yeah. <laughs> amen, amen. Let's just keep our heads lifted. Heavenly Father, we thank you today, God, that we have been chosen. We are a chosen generation, you'd say, Father. God, we're an extraordinary generation to carry an extraordinary message filled with an extraordinary power of the Holy Spirit and to bring forth extraordinary results. God, anything less of that is a lie of the enemy. So, Father, we thank you this morning. God, let that permeate our minds. Let it fill our hearts, Lord God. Let it be, Lord Father, our testimony day in and day out that I am going to live an extraordinary life by the grace of God. So, Father, I thank you right now that that which has been spoken today, that which has, been, that has happened today, Lord Father, be sealed in our hearts right now in the name of Jesus. Be sealed in our hearts. Lord, branded upon our hearts, we pray, God, this morning. Branded upon our hearts, Lord Father, like a hot brand that I belong to Jesus and that I carry his nature wherever I go.
And when I reach out and I touch people, it's like Jesus is touching them through me. And every person that Jesus touched, a miracle happened. Someone was set free. Someone was healed. Someone was loved. Thank you, Lord. God, let us be true followers of yours, not just Christian in name. True followers of yours, Father, that display your likeness to everyone around us. God, we thank you as we read, read this morning in, this, in the book of Acts, Father. We thank you, Lord God, the wave that went through that community. Father, we thank you for the wave that will go through ours. The wave still continues. That splash from Pentecost still continues. The wave still comes again and again and again. God, thank you right now, Father. Just open yourself up and just say, Father, I receive a fresh infilling of your Holy Spirit right now. Right now, right now, right now, I receive it. Just breathe it in. Drink it in. pray, Father, for everyone in this place that you would bring them into a place of divine appointment today, tomorrow, the next day. Bring them face to face with someone that doesn't know this. Thank you, Lord God, that we would be your hands, we would be your feet, we would be your touch in someone else's life. Oh, we just give you praise. Give you praise, give you praise, give you praise. Just begin to just give him praise right now. Begin to give him praise. Thanksgiving and praise. this place you need continue need, to need prayer this morning I want to invite our, our altar ministry team to come forth and come on down here and be ready to be able to pray for people